Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we begin the new book of Shemot. It's the second book of the Torah. And in this book we start the long, long journey of Jewish slavery in the land of Egypt. And, um, and, the, and as we know, after Jacob died and his sons died, the Jewish people became many in Egypt. They started multiplying and, uh, and the Egyptians started to become very scared about Jewish power, about Jewish people becoming many and becoming powerful. And the Pharaoh that came into power, which many uh, commentaries say was the same Pharaoh as in the times of Joseph, said he didn't remember Joseph. And um, he started to enslave the Jews. And uh, so he commanded this pharaoh that all the baby boys would be drowned in the, river, in the Nile River. And, uh, and by a miracle, Moshe, Moshe, baby Moshe, was saved by pharaoh's daughter, Batia. She was bathing in the, in the Nile and she saw this basket and she heard a baby and she reached out her hand and the Midrash says that her hand became very long and stretched and she rescued the baby boy, she adopted him, she brought him into the palace and she raised him as her son and she had Jewish midwives to come and feed him. In fact, it was his own mother, Yohevet, the one that came to feed baby Moshe. So he grew up in the palace as a prince and one day he decided that he wanted to come out of the palace and see what was going on around. And when he came out, he saw the suffering of the Jews. And, uh, and this, uh, this uh, hurt him very much. And it says that he took a, 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 a around, he looked around and he saw that this Egyptian was hitting a Jewish man. He was really abusing him. And he looked to one side and he looked to the other to see what this guy, if he had anything good in his past and anything good in his future. And he saw there was nothing good in this guy. And he uttered some uh, names of God and he and the Egyptian man died. So <clears throat> he comes out again a few days later and he sees these two Jewish people fighting. And it's actually these two men that uh, one of them is the man that he saved from the Egyptian man. And he intercedes and he says to, to them, wicked one, why do you strike your fellow? And then they turn around and what do they do? They respond, do you intend to kill us too, like you did with the Egyptian man? And at that moment, Moses gets very scared and he says the matter has been known. He drops everything and he runs out of Egypt and he goes to the land of Midian. So what is it that frightened Moshe Rabbeinu so much? What was it that he didn't like? What was it that scared him so much? And the, 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 the Torah tells us that what he was very scared about was that he saw that within the Jewish people at that moment in, in Egypt, there was slander, there was Lashonara. They spoke evil one towards the other. And this really uh, concerned him very much because Lashonara, evil speech, really is a very grave sin. It's, it's very bad. It's one of the worst things 
in the in our in our of our midots of our character traits that we have to really perfect in in, in fact it's one of the hardest mitzvahs to, to keep but in in in, in reality <clears throat> the midrash tells us that there were idol worshippers at that time amongst the Jewish people they were completely assimilated to Egyptian culture uh, the only thing that Moshe was concerned about was Lashon Ara. So why was he not concerned about the Jewish people uh, idol worshipping other gods or, or keeping uh, customs of the Egyptian culture? What was it that really worried him about the evil speech? So we know by prophecy that God said to Abraham in the covenant of the parts, when he did the treaty of the parts, he said to Abraham that he was going to be a very fruitful man. He was going to have a whole nation come out of him and that this nation was going to be enslaved for 400 years in Egypt. Actually, the enslavement was 210 years. It came down. But uh, th this was a prophecy. So why, why, if we knew from Abraham's times that we were going to become slaves, why was Moshe Rabbeinu so worried about the slander? So if this is true, why did Moshe need to find a reason also for the enslavement and cause for such punishment? Why would he find a reason to say, okay, because of this is that the Jewish people became slaves? Uh, if it wasn't, if it was already Hashem's intent that the, and it was part of a plan. So we need to see the big picture here. We need to get out of the story, hover above it and be able to see it from a different angle to understand these questions. And the, God's ultimate plan for the Jewish nation was that they were required to have a long stop in Egypt because actually this was one of the ingredients of making the Jewish nation. Slavery was one of the ingredients. It's like when you make a chocolate cake, you need sugar and cocoa and you need oil and you need baking powder and vanilla and all these ingredients to make a delicious chocolate cake. So the same way to make a Jewish nation, one of the ingredients to create the Jewish nation was that they had to have been slaves and have that... that uh, in the DNA, so Jewish people could be empathetic and they could feel for other people because they've already been there and they have already experienced suffering. So in that way, they can feel for others. So let's go back, let's go to the book of Devarim in which at the end of Moshe's life, he discusses the exodus from Egypt with the Jewish people. And he says, has God shown such kindness to another nation? Or has any God performed miracles to come and take them out, uh, to take out a nation from the midst of another nation with trials, with signs, and with wonders? So what is the meaning of a nation from the midst of another nation? Like, how can you take a nation out of another nation? Like, if they're already part of that nation, they're not a nation. So how are you going to take out a group of people from a nation to create another nation. So the Jews, when enslaved in Egypt, adopted, as I said before, the customs, the culture, the same idols, all this. They, they, they mimicked the, the, their ways. They ate how they ate. They, they thought how they thought. There were only three things that the Jewish people uh, kept, and that one was their dress, the way they dressed. They were snoot. They were modest. 
the language, they kept the, Jew the Hebrew language, and they also kept, kept their Jewish names. This is three things that they didn't give up, but most of the other things they were, they, they gave up. They didn't eat kosher anymore, they didn't do Brit Milah, they didn't keep Shabbat, they, they didn't learn Torah, all these things they just stopped doing. And the most amazing thing is that when the Jews left Egypt, they became a nation. So they became a nation of God, not only any nation, they became the chosen people. Because before, they were a band of Hebrews, slaves, steeped in idolatry and fell to the 49th level of Tuma, of impurity. Like one more level and that would have been the end of them. That's it. They wouldn't have survived. There was not worth it to take them out of Egypt. Hashem would just have given up on us. But because we were still one degree, uh, we still had one more degree, Hashem uh, took uh, mercy towards us and he rescued us from Egypt and he made us a Jewish nation. So a Jewish nation are not a people because of a shared belief, a, a shared culture, a shared destiny. Rather, because God chose us to be his representatives in this world. And why did God choose us? No idea. There's no reason. He chose the Jewish people. That's, that's it. He chose us. We were the chosen ones. But many people have many misconceptions about being a chosen people. And the reality is a, a chosen people is not that it's a better people than any other people. It doesn't mean we're better, we're in a higher level. That's not what it means. It means that we have more responsibility than other people because Hashem chose us to be his ambassadors in this world, to be his representatives in this world. And where you're the representative of Hashem, you have to behave in a certain way. So, uh, so here we see that Hashem choosing the Jews to be his nation was the spot that they were idol worshippers at that time. Like, even the worst of the worst, he chose us to, to be his nation. And why then was Moshe so afraid of slander and how could this prevent the redemption? Like, what, what, this was the big boo-boo of the time, was that we didn't speak nicely one about the other and we were always talking slander and gossip and we were talking about each other. So Lashonara is a very grave sin. Why is it such a grave sin? Because Lashonara gets in the way of a fundamental precondition for nationhood and, and redemption. Like when people are talking not nicely one about the other, because each person has a different way of looking at the world, every person has a different viewpoint, I'm, I'm secular, I'm religious, I'm ultra-orthodox, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that, I'm Democrat, I'm Republican, I'm liberal, whatever is your affiliation of thought or way of looking at the world, these are things that sadly divide people instead of putting them together. Because the problem is not what people believe or what people want to believe. The problem is when we are divisive and we speak badly one, one towards the other. When we don't respect each other, we don't tolerate each other, we don't see the other person as a valuable person, as someone that has something to give to the world. So we have to speak bad about them so we can lower them, so we can feel good about ourselves. This is the problem. And the Hebrew word for nation is am. Like when we say Am Israel, the nation of Israel. And this world is related to the word Im, which means with. 
and the nation forms when people stand with each other in solidarity. So if a nation has such divisiveness amongst people, then it's not a nation anymore because it's completely divided. To be able to have a nation, you need people to stand one next to the other. And it's not to look about what divides us, but to look what we have in common and what brings us together. So love is a conductor of unity and a lack of love towards another person is is actually a, a, a tool to create divisiveness and separation and hatred. So we should always look at what unites us more than what not, doesn't unite us. And La Shalonara brings divisiveness and, and baseless hatred amongst each other. And there is no nation to be redeemed because if there is La Shonara, then people get separated and when the people are separated, there's no nation and then what is there for Hashem to redeem? So what happened was that we know that at the end of the story, after the, the, after the plagues, the Jews go free and as God's glorious nation. But before this, something had to happen and Hashem increased their suffering. He increased the suffering of the Jewish people. And unfortunately, when Hashem increases our suffering, this is when the people get together in unison. And we've seen it many, many times. Sadly, in Israel or even in the United States of America or any place in the world, when Jewish people are being attacked, when there has been a terrorist attack, when, when we see that a man goes into a synagogue and he kills all these people and it's so shocking, not only the Jewish people get together, no matter conservative, reform, orthodox, doesn't matter. They were all there praying, they were all there lighting menorahs, they were all there together crying. It doesn't matter because the, what separates us doesn't exist anymore, it disappears. Because the only thing that's left really is the suffering. And the suffering is a communal suffering. It's, it's within us. There's, there's this couple that got attacked a few weeks ago in Israel, sadly. They lost a baby. And the girl lost a lot of blood. And she said that she has all Am Israel inside of, of her because she got so much blood from everyone. I'm sorry, from everyone in Israel, it didn't matter what, if they were religious or secular or whatever, everybody got together to save this life, that she felt that the whole Israel was inside of her. So this is what suffering brings. It brings unity. And, the, and, and what we see here is that when the Jewish people were given this back-breaking labor, uh, that was ridiculous because before the Egyptians used to give them the bricks, but now they didn't even give them the bricks. Now the Jewish people had to also build the bricks. So the, the, the labor became tremendous and they gave them a certain amount of time to produce what they had to produce and they couldn't even go to sleep. We see that the, this broke them so much that they their ego dissolved. dissolved. They were uh, completely nullified. They, they, they came to a point where they didn't even see themselves as separate from another person. They saw themselves as one. So they, 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 they truly, this made them truly sensitive to other people's pain. 
and they, it created a Ahava Israel, it created a love for their fellow because they saw the suffering of the other and they felt that too, not only their pain, they forgot about their pain when they saw another Jew suffering, they felt the, the pain of another Jew, which before they didn't feel. They only saw their own pain, they didn't see the pain of the, of their, of the other guy that was uh, building the pyramid next to him. So, if there is one thing the Jewish people should strive for, really, that we should really work very hard in created amongst us, is unity. And unity comes from respect, from tolerance, from giving the benefit of the doubt to another person, to really biting our tongue when we're going to say something about somebody, to really take care of our words. You know, with our mouth we can build or we can destroy. And that's the power we have. And we should really care, care one about the other. It, 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 we're here together. It, it, with one Jew suffers, we all suffer. When one Jew is happy, we should all be happy. And uh, in this way, we should be spared the suffering. Because if we're able to unite each other in love, with baseless love, then Hashem doesn't have to send us all these suras, all this suffering to create uh, that nullification of our, of our ego to be able to feel for somebody else. So I wish you a blessed week and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.